but when, it, when we're talking about artistic journey, I'm interested in who you are, what you want to say, and why anybody would want to hear it. If you're a professional singer, want to know how to turn singing into a career, or simply love to hear stories from singers on the road, then The Working Singer is the podcast for you. I chat with pro singers about how they make a creative living in the music business, lending their talent to stars like Enrique Iglesias, The Killers, Elvis Costello, and more. They share life lessons, business advice, and how they make a living when they're off the road. We'll also discuss vocal health, technique, performance, coaching, and pretty much all things vocal. Elevate your approach to your singing career, get enlightened about what the pros do, and be inspired with new ideas that you can make your own. My name is Jamila Ford, and this is the Working Singer Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I am excited that you're here. I'm always excited that you're here, and I really do genuinely appreciate you taking the time to listen. It's Christmas week, and I hope that you enjoyed your Christmas. It was a couple of days ago, and New Year's, of course, is coming up. You know, it's always exciting. Um, I don't know if you make resolutions. Do you make resolutions? I stopped making them a while ago when I realized I just don't keep them. I don't really, you know, it's hard for me to... I don't know. I, I just can't do it. <laughs> so I just stopped. I just, in a moment of realness with myself, I was just like, eh, do I really? So what I like to do, I mean, it's just generally what I, you know, usually do is like set, sort of set my goals and just kind of break them up into chunks and and that kind of thing. And I feel like, you know, doing that and having a strong vision, doing some visualization exercises but I think it's a really strong thing just to, you know, have your goals and your plans and just think about your life and try to encapsulate that in a vision for yourself, whether you do a vision board, which for me was very powerful this year, um, or some kind of visualization exercise. You really want to know what you want your life to look like and what you want those goals to really come to. So it's not just a to-do list. Um, but like, what are you really working towards and how do you want it to look and how do you want it to feel and who is there and what kinds of things, um, you know, are they doing and what are they saying? I mean, just like very specific kind of stuff. It's almost like, um, you know, sports psychology, like they get very deep into like, you know, when I make that shot, what's it going to feel like and what am I going to hear and, and all of that kind of thing. You know, I, I don't play any sports, but <laughs> I do appreciate, um, and I think I've said this before, I do appreciate, you know, the kind of um, strong vision that um, athletes um, seem to have for what they do, for the game, for practicing, for all of it, like what do they want it to sort of funnel into. And what do they ultimately want to get? And, you know, I think it's just important to have that strong vision. So um, that's what I would encourage. You know, what did last year look like? What did it come to? Did you stay close to your vision? Did you kind of veer away from it? Um, if you weren't as focused as you want to be, you know, how can we focus um, into the new year? Um and um, and really make our lives look the way we would like them to look and feel, especially the way we'd want it to feel. And, you know, if we aren't 
specifically in that spot? How can we um, identify maybe some areas in our life where we already have success, where we already have joy, where we already feel confident? You know, I think we can pinpoint um, little areas of our lives where we can maybe grow more, more of that and cultivate more of that, um, you know, recognize that some of those things are already present within our lives and we don't have to um, uh, wait to feel a certain way. Like it's already, it's already there in some way, shape, or form. You just want to feel more of it and, and um, have it blossom and bloom, you know. So that's kind of um, how I like to think about, um, you know, new chapters and, and new years and, and things like that new goals and, and, and all of it um, these days is just really having a strong vision. I also want to let you guys know that I have started teaching lessons. I'm really excited about it. And, um, you know, what I'm going to be doing is uh, free 15-minute assessments. So you can go on to my website for more information, jamilafort.com forward slash lessons. And um, you can email me. Jamila at jamilaford.com and the free 15-minute assessment uh, we can do either via Skype or Zoom or in person if you're in LA. Um, so email me for more information about that and I look side I look <laughs> I look forward um, to working with you. You know whether you are a new singer or you are returning to singing um, or you already sing and and um, you want to stay in shape. I would love to help you with all of it. So email me jamila at jamilaford.com. Our guest today is Lauren Keenan from New York Voices. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. Um, Lauren, she's based in New York and we talk about her early days as a as an up and coming singer. Um, we do talk about New York Voices, this amazing group that she is in which she is a member. And um, we get a lot into, you know, what does it take to develop ourselves as singers and artists? What are things that we can do to be really proactive with that? Because it's, you know, our thing. We have to own our art and our voices and, and all of that. So I think this is a really great conversation in that and really how we can dig in um, and just own our artistry. So... Great conversation, you guys. I hope that you enjoy it. So without further ado, the fantastic and amazingly talented Lauren Keenan. And just as a little side note, um, our conversation, my conversation with Lauren, kind of drops in. You're going to kind of drop in on the middle because we didn't do any kind of formal welcome and all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, just so you're not confused in any way, you're kind of popping in in the middle. All right, here we go. So where have you uh, been traveling? Well, I just finished um, a, a little solo um, tour with uh, a duo tour um, in the Northwest. There's a series called Jazz Vox that um, Nick Anderson produces. And he's been doing it for a handful of years. And sort of, it's this whole living room series that of course is, is a, a big trend right now, especially for the working musician and especially for the independent um, jazz artists that, um, uh, it's a way to tra traverse the states and um, and 
and, and it's a great way to build an audience and also to have just another kind of exchange with with little little communities that really want to get out and support music but but create their own sort of um you know way to appreciate live live music so anyway nick has been doing this for a handful of years and he he gets top flight um artists and they come in and do um some small format it could be piano usually it's piano and voice but sometimes it's um other combinations and so you do like these series and in seattle i did um uh, in the seattle area i did three different concerts with jeremy siskind are you hip to jeremy he's yeah. he's in out he's in la area um great great piano players so he and i did that and um mcmindle high school which is um just a a a school that has a really great arts program and they always they just uh get out and support the artists so they tracked me down and saw that i was on the road so they grabbed me while i was in the um northwest and yeah so that's that's a recent thing i did and um i produce a month i curate a monthly show called vocal mania with janice siegel which is yeah. um they they also had an installation in in L, in LA at, at Vitello's that I think um, uh, uh, happened for a little bit. But Janice and I have been running it for about a, a little over a year and a half, and we sort of curate a night of of um, singers, and um, and just we 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 feature a special artist, and then we um, and then we feature local local singers or people now it's gotten to the point where people are really reaching out to us so it's getting it definitely has a life of its own so i spent a lot of time um listening and looking for you know new singers and we always support we always have a, a young artist so it it's um it's a it's a fun thing that um started as an idea by charles carlini and and now it's kind of a, a monthly gig that that i that both janice and i really take a lot of pleasure in and take also take very seriously trying to um, present music of, from all genres and create a really supportive um, environment, you know, for singers to um, exist in versus, you know, trying to get in on the jam session and getting one chorus at a, you know, a jam session right. and having to sit there the rest of the night, you know. Right. So, um, one second. I just have to plug into my, yeah, here's my phone, my computer charger. So, yeah, and so I just, you know, and I have a bunch of, a bunch of solo records that I do. i um, been producing original music for, for my whole career. So I have four records out of my, on my own. And then I'm in this, you know, amazing group, New York Voices, for like the past 27 years, you yeah. know, which has been a, uh, you know, an amazing journey, you know, in and of itself. Yeah, it's very cool. It's great that you guys um, have been able to sustain for that long and just, you know, I think it takes a lot of maturity and <laughs> for one thing. Freaking, it takes freaking attitude and, and determination and it's nuts. I mean, it's so nuts that we have lasted and I think it's truly, it is because, you know, as an artist, you fight you just fight to hang in there and you fight to try to stay relevant and you fight to you know try to have a new story at, at as much as you can as an artist and as a collective you can imagine it's not all of us are in the same place at the same time so yeah. running a group for that long um 
you know, that's why people kind of go, got it. Well, you know, it took, an, it took 10 years for you guys to come out with a new record or there's lots of little projects that's happened in between, but in terms of like, you know, really getting the four of us in a room to be able to go, these songs we're going to arrange and, and this is how we're going to do it. It just, uh -huh. it just takes time, you know, yeah. but I do think, um, especially when I think about your theme about the, you know, the working musician and the, it's, um, you know, it, it really takes so much to, to just make it work anymore these days. Yes. And so I think, I think um, our particular story, it, it, the group has lasted because actually we've all gone out and diversified our, our own lives so that we could actually still all make a living yeah. and, um, and also make sure that this didn't, didn't languish. Right. You know, but because we all have separate lives now and that are so full, um, it makes it hard to, right. to, 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 to really uh, nurture the New York Voices artist mm -hmm. as much as maybe um, it should, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it still needs that nurturing time, but um, it's just harder to get because we're all older and, you know, I don't know. We're just older. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, life shifts. It's just such an evolution and you just kind of have to go with it, I guess, you know. Well, I mean, ra and raising families. I mean, I um, Ella Pearl is my 17-year-old daughter that, that um, is starting her first year of college. And so I'm actually, I'm an empty nester for the first, so... My husband and I keep bumping into each other going, who, who are you and what are you and what are we doing and what's next for us, you know, because you've, you've sort of, you know, New York Voices has been a priority certainly for me and solo career has been at best, I've made records, but, um, you know, being able to also be on the road touring as a solo artist was not something I was um, aggressively pursuing because I was because that would just be one more thing that would take me away from raising my daughter so you know you kind of you kind of also have to balance um, life and career as everybody does in this world mm -hmm. and so it's only just this year that I've started to put out all those um, those feelers to be to be back and active again and it's it's been met with a lot of really wonderful um, reaction um so now i'm i'm sitting here going wow i can yeah i can i can go go away for two weeks and not really worry about whether or not i'm missing a concert or yeah. packing her lunch or missing a conversation about a boy or uh whatever you know i mean it's it's just very interesting yeah. to be and kim has raised um, a beautiful son um, and, uh, we all have homes and houses hither and yon. So it is a, um, uh, it has, it has evolved over the years and, um, you know, but I'm grateful. I'm really great. I'm grateful to these three musicians, Kim, Peter, and Darman. They are, um, I just think they're remarkable human beings and they're remarkable musicians, you know, and creative partners. So if that weren't there, it would be easy to say, well, that was fun. You know, I'm going to go off and do another project, you know, but there's always been something about mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. that, that still feeds you 
you know, spiritually, artistically, familially. Right. Is that a word? Familially? It is no. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, certainly, I, I feel like, you know, at the foundation, you know, just also, you know, aside from being fed is having that is you seem to have like respect and admiration for your, you know, your, your bandmates. And I think that's such a huge, a huge thing that just kind of reminds you, you know, why you're there and of their humanity. And maybe if you're not getting along at the moment or something like that, it's just like, right. okay, you know, I, I, I value this person and, right. you know, I think that's like everything, you know, I think that's everything. Absolutely. I mean, you're right. There have, there certainly have been times where we, all of us were either not feeling the love or, really needing needing some space and all of those things and we've learned over the years just similar to a marriage you know mm -hmm. you yeah. you know you choose you know you choose well you choose well your partners your friends in life the people that you're going to spend a tremendous amount of time with in some fashion and 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 then you take care of those relationships and um and you know sometimes you're just not in sync yeah. um but I think, um, you know, I think we all have learned uh, a, a lot about communication, kindness, um, and trusting that sometimes it's also just not your turn. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's one of the, the big lessons that, you know, is, is um, important for all of us to know, whether it, whether that, whatever career. And um, knowing that sometimes it's somebody else's turn to shine and being really happy about that and really wanting to get behind that, mm -hmm. either in the collective or outside. And so, um, yeah, yeah but, it, but that takes, you're right, it takes time and maturity. And, um, and so I think we've, we've sort of walked through a lot of fires to mm -hmm. get to earn those stripes, mm -hmm. you know, and find that sense of decency. Yeah. Yeah, that's and as a teacher, I mean, all of us are teachers. So, you know, all you have to do is show up. I have, I have a, you know, a 17 year old student showing up here in an hour and she's gunning for Harvard and Columbia. And she is a badass young woman. I mean, so leading leaders on Long Island for um, gun, gun control and is really is really in sync with a lot of amazing issues. Hmm. Um, and, she, and she's done a lot already for a 17 year old young woman. Um, mm -hmm. and, but she's also a beautiful singer and she wants that to be a part of her package. Mm -hmm. And so we're gonna put together something that really represents her. But again, you know, those kids walk in and they are full of just that kind of fire that you, know, you, you look at it and you go, oh, I was once that person too mm -hmm. like you know it's it's so fun to meet meet them and be reminded that every once in a while you could dip a little bit find a little bit of that fire yeah. in your in your life again right um yeah that's brilliant yeah so yeah, that's that's yeah. got to be be you know one of the rewards of teaching just the simple uh fact of having that reminder you know it must be yeah. um i mean that's probably something you didn't anticipate right just being going into teaching yeah. yeah i mean exactly it is i i came to teaching 
through with the voices and and I, I feel like I was kind of the last one to figure out my my you know who who am I to who am I to teach like what you know that whole idea I, that notion of teaching is probably more frightening to me than getting up on the stage and faking it even I mean I, the notion of teaching means like you just have to know your shit yes and you have to know how to explain it and and connect yes. and so i i i was always really worried that perhaps my the way that i i came up and learned my craft was a bit more um uh i don't know there was a lot of road savvy and a lot more like a lot more uh uh going for it and and not having all the skills, but figuring out on the stage and figuring out in real time, yeah. um, that I, I, I didn't, I didn't think that that those that that was valuable for a long time, and I've come to really think much differently about that now. Um, and I've, and I've also worked on becoming a better teacher anyway in the time in that time. Yes. But um, teaching is a is yeah is a really big um, responsibility, and you just don't want to mess it up. Cause you don't, you know, you don't want to send anybody down, you know, yeah, you want to do it right. So I, it took me a while to find my voice in that and find, and it's, it's also because of that, I think it's also um, more opportunities are coming because of that sort of that, that, um, that ask that you put out to the universe is starting, you know, starting, okay, all right, bring it. All right, bring mm. it on. You know, that kind of stuff, it, it sort of changes. Mm. So what do you teach? Oh, it's funny that uh, we're talking about this because I, I had kind of been there with teaching and, um, you know, I, I'm uh, singing is obviously, of course, my main instrument. And I'd been asked, you know, by people to give them lessons over the years. And I just thought, oh, no, no, you know, at first I wasn't really interested. In I know. And then I, and then I was like, huh, well, maybe I could do that. And then I, you know, I started, I did a couple of lessons with, you know, friends, you know, just to like have someone safe to do it with. And, uh, yeah. and I was, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was kind of freaked out because, I felt like um, I didn't know enough about, you know, I was like, okay, well, I can relate all of this to my own self, my own anatomy, but then how do I, you know, do that for somebody, you know, know what's going on with them and, you know, hear what they're exactly. saying and all that kind of stuff. Right. So then I've just like started doing um, the BAST program. Um, it's based in the UK and it's with um, uh, okay. Lisa. Oh my gosh. Her last name is escaping me but she's a delightful woman <laughs> and um it's uh so basically you're learning how to be a singing teacher and they're giving you all kinds of advice and, and we're going over anatomy and all of that kind of stuff and you know just Wonderful. what you do and how do you run your studio and just all of the you know practical advice and i just thought you know it's just a lot of it yeah. is so much about you know removing mystery for yourself i mean your teachers had to learn you know <laughs> they didn't right, just right. up knowing everything so, you know, right. that's, that's what it is. It's just like put, removing the mystery from what you do well, you know, and, right. and knowing how to explain it, like, like, right. you know, knowing how to communicate it well and, you know, hopefully, um, you know, inspire somebody. Yeah. Um, 
to have a career or, or at least, you know, keep singing. I meet so many singers who have stopped singing, you know, and. Exactly. I mean, yep. I know. And they, and, and it, and it gets harder and harder to come, come back to it because you keep, keep sort of, you know, regretting that you're navigating just emotional, you know, uh, students that coming in with just trying to get back on on track again yeah every student's different and I I know I I, I feel you though in that I remember really feeling overwhelmed by the responsibility and I think slowly you start to figure out you know what what it is you have to like lean into the to the things that you think you have really can speak to and really have something to offer and and then slowly but surely, you know, it kind of it kind of starts to reveal itself. Maybe other things that you get better at, and so your plate gets a little a little bit broader. Yeah. Um, and that that's kind of how I I came to it. Um, the Voice is five headed artist. Back in '89, the group was originally five singers, and so um, I joined the group in 1992, and I replaced the second soprano. Mm -hmm. And, um, so even, even back then when there was a really good buzz going on for New York voices, we, we came out the same time as take six and our two little, um, you know, especially, well, take six, you know, their, their career really skyrocketed and, 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 you know, and we, we definitely were getting some really great buzz and everything, but, um, it was a really voluptuous time mm. um, and and doing lots of jazz festivals and we were kind of um, you know the young darlings you, yeah. you could say mm -hmm. um, and um, I joined the group um, and replaced the second soprano and so there was still quite a bit of, of really fun really fun exciting new things that were, were going on and um, uh, but but part of what has always kept this group together is the education because um, we're five-headed artists. So in the states, you know, if you go and play Jazz Alley or Blues Alley or Birdland or Blue Note, by the time you've paid um, eight people or nine people with a sound man and, and a rhythm and, and a trio, um, there's just not much to to divide by five. You know, you divide by five and you worked a week someplace and you're like, okay, like that's not enough. And so very early on, um, academia was a big part of our lifeline. And mm -hmm. we would go into universities and we'd, um, we'd work with the vocal jazz choirs and, you know, they were all singing our repertoire anyway. Mm -hmm. And um, so we would do a, a, a workshop and then we'd do a concert with the big band or a concert with their vocal jazz choir. And then we'd do a whole show and so then you could like you could really get a fee out of it and then um and that was uh, that became domestically what really mm -hmm. held this group together very very early on so mm -hmm. our teaching chops um as a result of that just got were were, were always um developing mm -hmm. and so um it you know otherwise um you know, I don't know that we could have survived, to be honest. So that that too was a part of like the working musician is like even back then when there were record companies and there were, mm -hmm. you know, 
and, and there was an industry that, that really was still kind of, you know, working in the old school way. Mm-hmm. Um, we, this big band on the road and, um, and that was one of the lifelines. And then it became really the thing that helped us develop a philosophy that um, now we, we, we run two, two summer camps. Um, one premier uh, vocal jazz, uh, pr- one of the premier vocal jazz programs at Western Michigan, and then one in Europe in, uh, in Southern Bavaria, in Southern Germany. And um, we've been doing this for going on 12 years now. Um, it's a week-long camp. It's a it's a six-day immersion, and it's you know you work with you'll work with one of us. One of us will direct a vocal jazz choir, and then we offer electives from like vocal arranging, improvisation, songwriting, mm. vocal technique, running a band, writing a chart, listening through the layers. Here's song. Here's singers you need to be listening to. One mm. on-one coachings with with one of us, and then performances every night. So all these years of like investing in education and surviving also in industry, we created an, a new division for ourselves. And so, and now, you know, there are people, there are countries left and right that are going, we want, we want to have that camp here. And like, I just got an inquiry about here in the South of France. And, but these camps, like they take a year to produce, you know, they, there's all kinds of things, but, but even still we could do a modified camp. And so yeah. it's, it's, funny how you know we we're um continuing to evolve our our um what we offer um Mm -hmm. as performers and as people that are passing passing the knowledge on to the next generation um and it's so again that's one of those things that just did you see that coming for yourself no did you know you were going to have to turn around and you know create a whole new industry for yourself in order to, to have a group survive? No, but, Mm. but you sort of, you know, you, you figure it out and you figure out this is going to be something we need to do to make this, to, to keep all these things working. So, Mm. um, yeah, it's, it's always amazing to me when you look back and go, uh, we've never been able to rest on our laurels. You just have to always think about how to keep going. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know who gets that luxury these days, right? With this, <laughs> the way things are set up. <laughs> I know. I mean, the, I hope, I hope, and I see, I see certainly it feels like it happens still for, for some. And I think the sum that it happens for when I, when I think about at least specifically the singers out there I go good good I'm I'm happy to see you know Cecile McLaren Savant getting you know having a support Mm. system for her creative ideas yes Esperanza yes Jasmia yes you know Veronica yes there is a machine behind these important artists yeah and that makes me that makes me happy you know um because art, art does need a subsidizer. Absolutely. Yeah. And not all of us are lucky enough to, to have it. Um, 
And there are a lot of artists that will never know, will will never know what, you know, what could have happened with, you know, somebody that just didn't get, just, just wasn't recognized or just whatever, they just didn't get a chance. Um, but, but I am happy to see it works. The system does work um, in, in, in for some, but, I, but for most of us, <laughs> you know, I think we just have to be really scrappy. Right. You know, yeah. Super scrappy. <laughs> and, if, and if that's, and if that doesn't appeal to you, you should pursue something else. You know, I haven't ever had to really have that conversation with a student because I don't, I just, I, you know, I know some teachers have described to me that they've definitely had some heart to hearts with students and just, you know, but in a general, in a general workshop, you know, I, it's easy for me to say, yeah, you know, if this, if this lifestyle and working and thinking about how are you going to keep Pillar and Post together 24-7, you know, doesn't appeal to you, you should, you should go and find a job and look for that security and that job that that's going to provide what you need for yourself. Yeah. Um, so where did, what's, um, do you, uh, wh like, where did you go to school and what's your story? Well, I went to, um, UC Riverside and, um, I, uh, studied, uh, you know, I'm classically trained. I, I was with, they also had a, j a jazz program. So, um, you know, I sang with the jazz big band and yeah. jazz ensemble. And, you know, with the guys from that department, we would just gig all over the place. We gigged a lot, actually. I was looking at like some old, um, oops, sorry, <laughs> my cat is going Aww. to the sandwich. Sorry, sorry <laughs> <Are> you. Um, <laughs> um, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, we uh, gigged a lot. I, yeah, I was looking through at some old contracts that, um, uh, you know, between myself and, and people who were hiring us for gigs. And I thought, my God, we gigged a lot. I had a, a, like a, a nice stack of those things. And, yeah. um, and then, you know, I've, I've released uh, a few records independently and... Uh -huh. Um, worked as a background singer and done some session work and worked with several bands locally and um, just done that, you know. Um, and then uh, teaching has kind of been pulling at me. So um, it's just one of those things that, you know, hasn't left me alone. So I'm deciding to, yeah. to go with it. And I think that there's a lot of... Um, it's kind of like what you were saying earlier about like just sort of like leaning into the stuff that you already know and mm -hmm. um you know kind of that you know that you're really good at you yeah. know um, if you were if you were to be really frank with yourself it's like what do i do really what do i own like i just own that in a really yeah. beautiful way yeah what what drew you to this format though like what drew you to coming to starting this this um blog is that what you would call it a or? podcast but yeah there's it's uh it all ends up on a blog so yeah what drew, um, what drew you to this you know I had thought about doing it uh years ago and um and I just didn't do it but I I I think it came up for me because like things were slow and kind of stagnant and I felt like I wasn't growing and I also felt like I wasn't having any 
um, conversations with hey did what I do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or even wanted to do because there's a, there are a lot of things I you know I'd wanted to do that I I hadn't done yet um, and I just you know was started looking at those people who you know are singing in film and TV and um, yeah. touring and just kind of seem to own their art you know yeah um, yeah you know, I've also felt like I wasn't really owning it, you know, and uh, taking it into my hands, taking full responsibility and actually like looking at it um, from this uh, way that maybe didn't contain a lot of victimhood <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right. Right. Poor me, the phone's not ringing instead yeah. of like, instead of like, well, let me, I'm curious about what they did in order yeah. to get to, to get that stuff to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think that's a really profound thing because it happens, you know, it happens post-college because we get in, you know, whatever, we're in school and we're in our certain networks and we're still all really connected to the hip even post-college. And then you sort of drop into like adulthood, you know, and you're like, wait a minute, like I still want to, um, you know, have a hang. I just want to have a hang at my house or have a jam session or what, how do I manifest the way that it used to be so easy to go? Yeah, let's just get together and play some tunes and make some shit up or whatever. And that thing where you go, yeah, this whole adulthood thing, sort of the, you get more and more removed from just that, that chance to do that. And that was kind of an outgrowth of, um, uh, a group Moss that, that I'm also in, which is, um, made up of, um, myself, Peter Eldridge from New York Voices, Luciana Sosa, uh, Kate McGarry, Joe Lowry, and Theo Blackman. And we were all just in New York and in our 40s, let's just say, I think everybody was sort of, yeah. Um, and we um, getting together, having coffee, doing this, and going, what, what, you know, what are you writing these days? Or, or, okay, well, um, is there something that we could all sing together or, um, or just, you know, just hanging and collaborating and, and the outgrowth was, was another like little band that, that, um, we made a record and, um, it just, um, it did really well from a critical standpoint because everybody was kind of, everybody had their own identity and so mm -hmm. nobody was so it was a very loose script on writing and it was a loose definition on collaboration and it didn't have we'd put no we, there was no like okay it has to be you know vocal jazz and you know four-week close harmony it was just like no we're gonna do you know a neil young tune and oh no maybe we'll do an original tune or maybe we'll do Joni mitchell or maybe we'll do whatever and we just made our own record and did our own thing and um and, and, and as a result of that, it's, it's kind of had a life too. It's, it's still a group that's sort of functioning. Um, and, uh, but it was born out of this idea of like, what else or mm. what's next, or I need something cause I'm missing something. And again, though, I think those are the important whispering little voices that we have in our ear yeah. um, and we march along this world going, what's it all about and what am I supposed to be doing today and how can I invite some of that into my life and part of it is is doing exactly this starting a, a you know podcast or 
picking yeah. up the phone and going, you know what? I'm going to start a monthly, um, you know, circle chat where we're all going to get together and bring, bring a song and everybody play it or whatever. And, and that also is like this whole vocal mania going back to that. I mean, that it started as like wanting to create a platform for not only myself and Janice to, 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 to have an evening of music, but we actually really, it's really about the other singers that we, we invite mm -hmm. and really want to celebrate their the diversity and the, and the range of how the voice can be ex expressed. And it's been really life-giving for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very little about Janice and I, like people go, well, you and Janice should sing more. And we're like, no, actually we're cool. We yeah. we're totally cool. We're just so happy to present this night of music and every night's different and every set's different. And it's, you know, you just don't know when your blessings are going to, you know, hit you upside the head, but they, they do. And, yeah. and if you, you know, if you're paying attention or, you're putting it out there and so yeah i i'm i'm grateful but i do think again uh it comes down to you going what what i need something you know saying saying yeah. that to yourself how do i i need i need i need something new how do i get there yeah i like what's happening over there how did they do that i want that how do i invite some of that in my life you know, that's the, that's the stuff. Absolutely. Go ahead, baby. It's okay to get water. It's fine. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, then it's just making something, you know, it's also that thing of like not waiting for somebody to give you anything or not waiting to be hired or not waiting to be, you know, no. waiting for that audition. It's just like, okay, I need to like make this thing, you know? No. Yeah. When when I turned 50, I looked at my husband and I said, I, here's what I want for my 50th birthday. I'm going to make a record um, of how I feel, you know, right now about music, about what's going on in the world, about, I'm just going to write from my 50 year old year head, all songs that are really are in a small, tight, tight time of, of writing. And it was back when, um, you know, the, the, all these funding crowdfunding things were not not um fairly new you know artist share was was definitely up there um and i did i did kickstarter and um this was in like 2000 um I guess like let's see 2012 something like that um but i crowdfunded um the budget to to make the record and again i didn't know what i was doing and i and it was a all all new format and i just was doing it on my own um but again just sort of making your own dreams come true mm -hmm. um and and learn and i learned a lot um from it um but it, again i i felt like i more than anything i needed to demarcate that that time in my life um, and that was, that was, um, you know, what I needed more than anything was to just say, this is who I am as an artist right now. This is, 
my vision and um you know I, I was it was it was just essential to i think my sort of place i, I was in my life and so um you know i think those opportunities now now they're just like everybody's crowdfunding and and everybody's making making their work happen and through those mediums and and um you know and it's great uh but um yeah not waiting for the phone to ring and is has been um and and being in charge of your own vision that's pretty much uh the, the path that i've walked for for my whole whole life mm. and every once in a while you know phone calls come in and you're like oh damn all right cool i didn't have to you know, I didn't have to make all that happen. Something, something, you know, someone thought of me. And so now I can build a tour around that. Great. I've got an anchor, you know? Mm. So, um, and for, for me as well, and, and as well as the voices, cause I want to make sure I, I, I speak about the voices in, in the, as well, the, um, you know, all of our arrangements are done in house. So Darman, um, would he have been here? His, you know, he does, he's the primary arranger in New York Voices. Um, Peter also does quite a bit of vocal arranging and, and, and I do as well, um, more and more, um, especially with my original music. And, um, that, so that too is a lifeline. That too is like a, a piece of real estate in your, mm. in your, um, uh, portfolio, so to speak, you know, yeah. some people have, have stocks and bonds, but we we have copyrights and, you know, and arrangements and right. those are, you know, those are, um, our investments, you right. know, the records and stuff. So, um, and it looks like, let me see here. Oh crap. Let me see what he just said to me. I just spoke of him. So now he's, he's, yes. I don't think oh, well, I mean, I think he just said, um, he thought it was just going to be me. Um, oh. which, I think Terry had set up, originally it was just me. If Do you feel like um, he would be helpful and essential to our conversation? Or I, or shall, at, at this point, shall we just, um, I don't know how much uh, longer you can talk, but um, yeah, would don't. you want to talk to him after me? Or should, should I just tell him, no, just, just go, you know, yeah, go we, apple picking and don't yeah. bother. Maybe I can set up another date with him. Okay, let me tell him. Um, we'll set up another time. Don't worry. Such a pretty name, Jamila. Oh, thank you. Okay. All right. Is this helpful to this conversation in terms of what what your audience would like i don't know how it works where you edit or where you where you sort of call different things that you um that you um put together for your audience yeah i think it's, it's this is all definitely helpful you know i i think um it's just bringing some uh you know insight and and hu humanness humanity to sure. you know, people who we see uh, from the outside and, um, oh, they look successful. They must have no problems. And then we, you know, uh, <laughs> and then they go, nope, they're still raking their own leaves. And they're still, <laughs> right. still, you know, yeah. 
still thinking, okay, today I'm going to make three phone calls um, that will put something maybe in, into motion for the spring. And I, I do, you know, it is really, it is kind of uh, the advice that I got when I first came to New York at 25 was I met with a woman and, you know, people say this all the time, but at the time at 25, she's like, you know, what's your five-year plan for yourself? And what's your tenure? Like, where do you see yourself? And it used to be in my youth, I would go five years. I want it tomorrow. Mm. You know, what are you talking about a year from now or five years from now? This isn't, isn't this all supposed to happen for me like next month or next, you know, six months from now? You know, I mean, that sounded like so absurd to me. And, mm -hmm. and, and now, of course, I realized, yeah, I mean, art takes time becoming, you know, aligned with, with people and working, and working to make a project or even a song come to be, um, you know, it just takes time and it takes weeks, months, and sometimes years. Um, but I remember back then I was like, oh, please, that's ridiculous. Um, but I still have, you know, I'd like to think now, now I'm sorry, I mean, I'm trying to think about my life in, 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 in years so that I can get to the rest of my list, list before I, um, I don't know, don't, don't have the stamina for this life or, or the vo voice to execute my ideas. I mean, all those things that mm -hmm. in our youth, our voices, our voices, um, is a perfect specimen, you know, by, by, you know, it's, it's that it's, small vigorous and um at a point in my life where i'm like okay i i still have dreams but i i, I might need to speed some of them up if i want to do like these this repertoire um so always trying to keep myself in shape and uh is is essential probably now more than it was in my 20s or 30s when i when i could take all of that for granted because mm -hmm. of you know youth and you know the body being much more restore you know restorative than um you know and um so uh but anyway having your having your plan uh is essential um yeah. having your dream list and goals for yourself and uh so i i have that for myself still and uh it keeps me um you know when you're your own boss you know, no one's calling me going, so Lauren, what's the plan? Next month, you're going to have this and this done or anything like that. You know, you have to be your, your own best boss. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When you uh, moved to New York at uh, 25, where did you move from? Well, I finally, I was um, three years into a psychology degree at Portland State University and was just gigging around town, completely avoiding becoming um, a singer and musician. And, but at, by, by my third year of college and was, I was performing a lot and my parents were finally like, why don't you just go see if like music school would be, would be good for you. So I, I, I transferred to Berkeley College of Music in Boston and it was, you know, as corny as I can put it, it was like the day that I went, these are my people. I mean, I remember walking into the school and going, these are my people. I'm, you know, I'm home. Mm. Like all, all this, all this avoiding becoming an artist is, 
um, it's, it's nice to finally be settled. So I, I went to Berkeley College of Music and, you know, was there for like a year and a half, but graduated because I had all my undergrad done and I, and I was a pretty fierce um, student and, and was just very devoted. And, and so I finished the program quick, um, which is, that's one of my regrets of not having really langu really sat there and languished and I mean, and not languished, but like enjoyed the program mm -hmm. um, and soaked it up a bit more. But anyway, and then at 25, I moved to Boston, I moved to New York and I never thought I would live there, but I, you know, loaded up my little Ford Escort and found a little studio apartment, which you can no longer find studio apartments like this, but for $424 a month. Oh my gosh. On 26th Street between 3rd and Lexington. So it was me and the prostitutes, basically, because that back then in the 80s, it was New York was definitely funkier. And had I, you know, yeah. And <laughs> on a wait and on so on a waitress's salary and a weekend wedding, you know, every once in a while, I could I could live in New York City and could save money to go do um, about three times a year, my, a solo concert at, at the bitter end with my band, you know, and all my original music. And, you know, I, I, think, it's, I think it's harder to do that now because Manhattan is so expensive, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm, I think you just have to live with more people. You can't, maybe you can't have the luxury of living by yourself. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm, I'm grateful. And, and those days I worked really hard to, to keep my art at the forefront. Um, I was singing jingles and doing session work. Um, and I was writing a lot and started to write for other artists. And I thought um, I was gonna be a solo artist. Um, and that was really where I was, what I was aiming for. Um, but then, you know, that fork in the road happens. And at, so at 25, I moved to New York. And at 27, I had um, a pretty terrific band and this really wonderful guitar player. Um, and he ultimately was also in the band with Peter Eldridge of the New York Voices in Peter's solo band. And he introduced us and said, I think you two should meet. I think you guys have... Um, interesting writing styles that that you might really combine nicely and so that was kind of the fork in the road for me I met Peter and we met his composers and then as he was leaving my apartment he said you know we're holding auditions for New York Voices do you would you be interested in auditioning mm -hmm. and I was like hmm I, I don't know. I mean, that it really wasn't what I was looking, what I was thinking I was going to do with my life. Um, but when I, he sent me the music and I looked at the charts and I was like, shit, this is really hard stuff and challenging. And it appealed to the musician in me and the, um, the singer who wanted to, um, you know, really be, really use my instrument in 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 a that that kind of way and that um anyway it just suddenly became the gig i had to get 
-hmm. but um you know i don't know what would have happened had i not met him you know it's you just never know yeah but even back then at 25 i was like making my demos paying for all you know paying my band writing looking for every opportunity um and that kind of tenacity um is kind of essential you know whether it's clicking or not you know there are lots of times where there ain't nothing happening no matter how many sparkly outfits you put on and and you know business in networking things you do you, you know there are some times where the wind isn't blowing in your direction yeah um and you just you just have to wait it out yeah but um yeah it it, it was definitely um a, a really uh, you know exciting time to to find you could survive manhattan and and ultimately um you know, land a job too in the industry and land a job, land a spot that a lot of singers were auditioning for, which I, I don't know. I was so great that I didn't know that because I think that might've psyched me out. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, getting, getting to, getting that spot, earning that spot was cool because it was an established band. It was a signed artist yeah and they were really writing and doing some very cool stuff yeah. so um yeah it's it's been a really incredible journey with with them and uh and so reminiscing in tempo is you know um it's really kind of a collection and a, a demonstration of everything that we've always done we've always mixed it up there's classic jazz standards original songs world music some acapella and you know and the flaw that that perhaps the industry um can sometimes have with us or that not the objection for sometimes is that it, there's not this theme um but this is the but this is in a way the it's just the way we think about our music we just yeah. we just like so many different styles so um so reminiscing in tempo's got all of that and um a couple of epic um like you know blue rondo a la turk the the um dave brubeck um arrangement is you know really ambitious and um uh and and in in our wheelhouse a super fun thing that we um that has it requires a lot of chops but um is uh is such a you know a tip of the hat to um a great composition and a great and a great writer um so yeah we the record has been it's it's just nice to have something new out you know and it's nice to have people enjoying it it, it just hit number 10 on radio on jazz week i mean we've never we've never been the top 10 ever in our 30 years of our life like never like you know that in of itself when my husband and i were like we looked at each other and we were like kids like we're in the top 10 like it's just it's so silly but it's also like thanks like jesus it's so nice to to have it be doing well and and appreciate it and yeah. um so 
those kind of little sweet successes still mean something. Mm. You know, nobody's, nobody's cynical or, you know, in a place of like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's just radio or whatever. It was just like, I mean, that's never happened to us. That is so cool. That seems kind of, yeah, it's kind of poetic and sweet. And (laughs) is it going to change any of our lives? Is it going to put, you know, is it, no, I mean, you know, but, but maybe, maybe one, maybe one little thing will lead to another, maybe. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, anyway, it's, so those kinds of things are, are nice affirmations, even after all this time. Yeah. So what's the New York, you know, music scene like, um, you know, you, you, you guys are doing, um, your, sh- uh, I'm sorry, I get the, I did get the name. Um, you're doing your monthly showcase, singer showcase and all of that. Um, how do you find, I don't know, the scene to be for, for singers who are coming up? Because you said that you feature um, like a young singer in, in, yeah. in, in your show. Well, we, um, this, this, I think the scene in New York is, is very robust. I think if there's one place to come and, um, and put a year residency down in your, in your, in your list of things to do, um, there are lots of places to play, um, even still, you know, sure, clubs come and go, but there are lots of rooms to play. And, um, you know, you're not gonna make a lot of money doing, playing these clubs, but, mm. um, but what's always essential, and it will never change, is you have to work your repertoire. Mm. And you have to work it a lot for it to get juicy. And that's when the magic happens is when things are tight and loose at the same time. That's when mm-hmm. you, we've seen the great artists. You've, when you, you, when you go, how did they get there? Well, you know, there, you know, especially people like Ella and, you know, and Sarah and Carmen and Betty Carter. I mean, all those guys, they sang all the time. They mm-hmm. were always playing and always gigging and so that luxury um has to be created now for yourself and you want to look for residencies you want to look for ways to um be playing as often as possible Mm. um and so i think in new york you can play often you can play the 55 bar and then you can play mesro and then you can play up uptown at minton's and then you can go maybe play smoke and um and i think you know and then there are, and then there are, there are places just outside of just outside of the city that you can play and um so you can be working your repertoire and um sometimes i think singers think that they get a little bored with like running their their 20 tunes or whatever and you want to and but but you want to get to the point where whenever you run those whenever you sing those 20 tunes you sound like a million bucks you know mm. it's just like this is one of my arias. I slay this every single time, mm. you know? And so, and, and though, so I, I, I think New York pr- will provide that if you get here and if you, um, you know, uh, relationships help. I mean, people like myself and, um, 
and Janice Siegel and lots of, lots of singers. They're all, there's lots of hands out there ready to help. Um, it's not, I don't think there's not, I mean, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a certain sense of proprietary, there's a proprietary sense of like, you know, making sure that, you know, you've got your, your gigs and your relationships, but you can't play every night. And if you want, and I think lending a hand is essential. And so there's lots of people that are, ha are happy to help and happy to make introductions. Um, um, but New York, so New York is, is good for that. And especially with vocal mania, um, we, again, we just want to create an environment that is, um, uh, really celebrates the singer and, um, you know, and it can be a wide breadth. There's not, not, you know, there are going to be moments sometimes where, um, well, our young artists are, are going to be in a certain, a certain level of, of development, but there, it's also important to showcase our, you know, local singers that have been in Manhattan forever, right. you know, and maybe they're not, you know, uh, Veronica Swift or whatever, or they're not, but you know, it's important to, to have a little sunshine on everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so we try to, we really try to make it be an experience. Um, and so I guess the result of the, the learning thing about vocal mania has been, um, there's a lot of really kick-ass, sing great kick-ass singers out there. Yeah. You know, just in, just in the tri-state area. I mean, I've got singers coming I now that are willing to just come in. It's, this isn't a paid gig. So it's just like, but it's, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a vibe it, the room. It's a vibe in the room. And so people are coming from DC and Boston and people have come, you know, flown in for this at their own expense. Um, you know, and maybe someday this, this, this show will, will have a, you know, a real sponsor and a real budget, but you know what, it's working right now as it is and 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 we'll continue to make it work um, um you know because we we love it uh but that said you know there's there's a lot of great singers out there who sing a lot of different you know it's pop it's jazz it's folk it's world it's whatever you know so there's a lot to cover and um so that's that's fun to realize um that uh there's just there's a lot of talent out there that's inspiring. And I think people also feel inspired when they see that on the stage, they kind of go, Oh, look at that. Look at her. I never would have seen her. I never would have seen him. I'm going to go. And then they go, I'm going to go check them out and see their gig next month or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, so you can work in the city and, and that's, that's a cool thing. Um, and the other thing I do believe strongly in is, um, like I mentioned before, is looking for a residency. Mm. Like, you know, you should look for a residency for yourself. Mm. Like, even if it means you're playing for free, but it forces you every month to write and stretch and dream. Because mm. there's just, there's nothing like a deadline. There's nothing like a gig that goes, you know, you can sit there and go, well, I might write a new chart or I might write a new song. But like, if you have a gig next month, right. you know, you, you have to do it. So, um, but a residency in particular, um, 
I, I did that for, I did a tribute. The last record I did was a tribute to Nancy Wilson. I hadn't ever done an all standards record. So that again was on my wish list. I was like, okay, you've done three albums of all your original music. What's next, Lauren? Okay, I want to do standards. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Every, there's a million records of standards. What's what's why why do, would anybody want to hear you do standards? Okay, let me think about that. Well, um you're right. <laughs> you know, everybody <laughs> you're right. Everybody that I love you know, has done these the standards, you know, and quint, you know, I could, there's quintessential version. So, so what do you have to offer? And for me, it was like, well, let me go back to the very beginning of like, of like, um, sitting on my living room floor and looking at one album. And, and so that album was like the Nancy Wilson Cannonball Adderley record. Mm. And that was for me, the inroad because I thought, well, now we're talking about um you know a record that changed your life and so let's start there and see what see what can happen from mm -hmm. that um and that was that was my exercise because i i didn't feel like and that was mostly because i knew my own snobbery was also at play mm. you know cuz i was like yeah what are you going to do with a standard Miss Thing, <laughs> what do you have to say about that? You know, how can you, what do you have to offer that's, that hasn't already been offered time and time and time again? So, you know, no pressure, but th those were the, those were the things that were, that were um, going through my mind mm. and I needed to find something that had to go, that could be, that could you know, hit another chakra that could hit another thing about um, process mm -hmm. that would engage me, that would turn me on, mm -hmm. that would then perhaps produce something that would be um, interesting to listen to. I don't know if I achieved that, but I, I like the record a lot. I love the record. Yeah. Um, um, but it, you know, that, that, those were the, those were the, you know, the thoughts behind it. So, um, but anyway, that I, but I did it through though, um, a residency and I said, okay, you want to do this record, it better be good. And it better be before you even go into the studio, it better be, um, practiced. Like don't take this material in, uh, where you haven't played it a bunch so that it's again, so that it's juicy and loose as opposed to like, well, we haven't really played this that much and so it yeah. still hasn't hasn't started to kind of do that thing that just everybody's yeah. kind of sitting on the edge of their seat going oh what's gonna happen right. oh they're safe you know and that's so um the residency was the key to that mm -hmm. um and um and I did it out of town you know out of Manhattan with privacy you know with with a chance to just make mistakes you know, have stuff not work out, you know, and not feel like I was risking anything, you know. Okay. So those are, those are um, important things to remember. And a residency doesn't have to be a sexy club. It could just be like, you know, a room that they need a singer and they have a good piano, you know. Mm. It's like, you know, use, 
use those opportunities. So, um, yeah. No. What would be? I mean, I'm I'm thinking of doing that again now for myself because I've got new I've got new stuff I have to start developing. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh no no I was going to I love that um, I love that advice you know I just had a conversation with a, a, a singer yesterday and she wanted my advice on a song that she wanted to record today that she had done a demo of years ago and okay. and she but she still wasn't sure basically wasn't sure about the song wasn't sure she should even record the song and I was just like if this is where we're at the day before then let's not record this song, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, no, you know, I know. You're going to hear no, it I mean, in your voice, you know? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> yeah. Now, sometimes, I mean, the thing, it, it's absolutely right. I mean, if that's, a, if that's the final demo and you're like, I got to get it right, um, uh, and you're not even sure, I mean, those are, those are times where you're like, you should be sure. Um, yeah. But there, I remember... Um, sometimes when I'm writing songs and I'll do like these little simple demos and then, um, and there's this earthy, earthy rawness to, to the, you know, to it. Um, and then we try, then we go and we do the big full fledged version of the big production, you know, later. I, I remember listening to some of those and going, Oh, that whole production is bullshit. Look, but th this little, this little guitar vocal demo that you've got over here, that's, that's the song. So it's interesting too, where, where we think there, it has to be all this fanfare and sometimes, you know, whittled down to like those, you know, simpler versions. Um, mm -hmm. I found when I wasn't thinking I have to, I have to be, um, you know, singing my face off and all that stuff right um, you know uh I, I there's some there's some sweetness in that but yeah i know it's it's very important uh to get to get the repertoire you know to a place where you feel like you're going to be able to live with that performance when mm -hmm. you're recording it for reals yeah yeah so and there's lots of opportunities uh, the the nancy wilson record was made at my alma mater berkeley college of music and we did it as an exchange with the school. So I went in and recorded the record in two days and the student body got to watch and observe a recording session and, and a band, you know, in, in the moment and just, just make a record. Like we didn't, it, old school, you know, not doing a, a bunch of overdubs and fixing things, but just mm -hmm. making the record right there in front of their eyes. And um, that was again, another, Another opportunity that business-wise, I got to go and record the record with my producer, Elliot Shiner. And so those, those recording days were free. Wow. Yes. And at a state-of-the-art facility, yeah. you know, and, but, and they got, and there was, but there was a quid, there was a quid pro quo. Oh, I hate that word now. There was, a, um, you know, there was an exchange though. There was an ex ex educational, like the kids got to observe hmm. music making in the moment. And, and we got to walk, walk with, um, you know, with a product. Yeah. So, you know, that's also, I feel like that's some of the new ways that people are going to be making records is mm. you're going to be going because now all the colleges have like these state-of-the-art facilities mm -hmm. and they need to teach the kids 
And so you can find ways to go, great, I'll come in and, you know, do, do that. And, and, uh, I'll be your Guinea pig. Yeah. Um, but I'll, walk, but I'll walk with, um, something that, um, that I can take to the mixing studio. Yeah. You know? So again, you never know how to make any of this work and then little opportunities like that happen. And then you figure out how to go. Great. Okay. I think I'm making another record. Okay, great. Check, you know, and it's not done through the, you know, the channel, like here's the normal way to make a record, but like I'm using, I'm using relationships and educational institutions um, and my name, you know, and my, my, and my, my, my story mm. um, and, and trying to make it work for me. Um, so it's all, you know, everything's always in motion mm. in this crazy business. Mm. what would be your <clears throat> excuse me what would be your I guess like hmm if you had to tell a singer who wanted to make singing into a career um give her or him advice what do you think is the most important thing they could think about or do well I think it, now more than ever, although it's always been true for me anyway, I think you have to be willing to be the the producer, the the booking agent, the graphic designer, mm. um, the creator, the chief bottle washer. I mean, you have to be willing and able to do all of those jobs. And in my case, it was also, you know, being the composer. Um, but I've, I've basically produced all of my work in my career and made all of those things happen. So you, I think you have to be someone who can wear a lot of different hats. You can't, there's the luxury of just saying, well, I'm just gonna, you know, be the artist and I'm gonna practice all day. And, uh, and I'm gonna live in that beautiful artistic, you know, luxury vacuum that that is. I don't think that that really um, is is available for most people. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're if you can do all of those jobs and produce a really high quality artistic vision, like not just be a good singer. I mean, that's the thing I talk about with my students a lot. I am not interested in you being a good singer. I mean, I am technically, but when, it, when we're talking about artistic journey, I'm interested in who you are, what you want to say, and why anybody would want to hear it. Mm. You know, what, what makes you unique and why is that, go, how, is, how can we make that compelling so mm. that people want to sit in a room and soak it up? You know, and so there's a million good singers out there in the, in the world. But then you think of like, what makes it, what makes, separates the, you know, the ones that are like, I don't know what, it, you know, sometimes it's like, I don't know, she's, he or she, they don't have a great voice, but like, every time they sing or say something, you're like, I just, I, I have goosebumps or I can't move or I'm like, ah, whatever. So, you know, it's those kinds of questions. Um, 
you should be asking yourself as a as a singer artist. Um, so I think those kinds of that kind of advice of just being your own president of your own company, mm. um, you're you're your own marketing person too, which is kind of that used to be really super weird and now it's just not. Now we all just kind of put up our stuff and we say, look at me, look what fun thing I just did or look at me. <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird, it's like so weird. And yeah. then you kind of get, and then you have to get over it because everybody else is doing it and you're like, right, if I, you know, if I'm not appearing, I'm disappearing. So I, I, mm. I, have, to, I, have, to, I have to do that. Um, so, but I, I think the advice I, I'm always saying to singers is, figure out you mm. what what about you it is going to be the thing that will what will make you um first of all turn you on right to do your work to mm -hmm. motivate you to excite you to inspire you and how how can you make that something that that people are going to really want to come to see mm. and, 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 and it's either story related or something that's got to be something more than just being a, you know, a good singer or mm. a good, you know, it's got to be deeper than that. Mm. Those are the, cause when you look at the Nina Simone's and you look at the, you know, the stories, the backstories of like the great artists, you know, the, all those stories are in their voices you know, mm. and all that is in their voice. And that's the shit. Absolutely. That's, that's the stuff mm. that you can't, can't, you know, so yeah. But I think gumption helps. I think attitude, you know, I think all that stuff helps as well and being willing to ask for help is a good thing right um ask for lessons with people that you want to study with i i never did that i was always mortified by that and now i'm telling my students i'm like who do you want to study with great all right you should probably go figure out their phone number or wherever how to find them and you should go take a lesson with them really yeah, yeah. absolutely because nine times out of ten they're probably teaching. Yep. You want to study with Camille? You want to study with her? She go. You should go study with her. You know, yes. or go sit in her living room and have her tell you stories. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> you know? So yeah. yeah, I love that. Well, this has been really fun. I love this. Thank you so much Thank for you. your time and everything. This was really. You're wonderful. welcome. And on a side note. Um, aside from anything else, you should send me your stuff. I will. Links of your stuff so that I can get to know you. And um, maybe there's a time that, that um, you're coming to New York. There will be. <laughs> there will be a time. Oh, where can we find you online? Uh, you and, and also New York Voices. So um, NewYorkVoices.com um, is that. And I'm LaurenKinnon.com. And we're all, we're all on Facebook and everything. And uh, of course, everybody um, is all, you know, PeterEldridge.com, DarmanMeter.com, KimNazarian.com. So you can find all of our, all of our, um, our websites. Mm -hmm. And also you can, you'll see 
so much about what the full the full lives that that the other three have, which are crazy. They're mm -hmm. crazy as well, and they do so much education, performance, um, and uh, you know they're leaders in their community. So um, I think they're just uh, great people to um, to also tap into how they how they keep it all working. Wow. Um, but um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. So happy to have spoken with you, yeah. and I'm happy that you have this this podcast because I, I I think it's a very helpful to somehow sometimes demystify yeah. uh, the pro how it all happens and yeah. um, and the and and that probably it comes back down to like basic good old you know roll up your sleeves skills that mm -hmm. are as old as time you mm -hmm. know about work ethic and passion and dedication and lining all those things up yeah um, they get you down the road yeah you know absolutely a few bumps but we learn how to take the bumps along the way too definitely so it's been a pleasure talking with Jamila and um I look forward to send me send me a note when whenever this um whenever this goes goes up and let me know thank you so much be well you too bye-bye all right bye Awesome, guys. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Let's get into the singing lessons. Number one, having your plan is essential. Have your dream list and goals for yourself. Number two, you have to be your own best boss. Number three, what's always essential and it will never change is that you have to work on your repertoire. Look for residencies. Look for ways to be playing as often as possible. A residency doesn't have to be a sexy club. It can just be a room where they need a singer and they have a good piano. Number four, there's lots of hands out there ready to help. Number five, you have to be willing to be the producer, the booking agent, the graphic designer, the creator, the chief bottle washer. You have to be willing and able to do all of those jobs. You have to be someone who can wear a lot of different hats. Number six, figure out you. What about you is going to be the thing that will turn you on and that people are really going to want to come to see. It has to be more than being a good singer. Number seven, be willing to ask for help. Number eight, ask for lessons from people you want to study with. Nine times out of 10, they're probably teaching. Awesome, guys. Well, again, I really, really hope that you enjoyed that. I hope you got a ton out of it. I was really inspired by this conversation. So for anything that we mentioned, websites, all of that, um, go into the, uh, go on to the Working Singer Podcast, go on to the WorkingSingerPodcast.com and there you will find any links to websites and social media and all of that for Lauren and I'm sure she'd love to hear from you there. So guys, I hope that you um, also enjoyed your holidays. I didn't talk about it at the top of the episode, but um, you know, it is, um, it is the holidays. We, we just, um, uh, Christmas came and went, and, and I hope that that was enjoyable for you and, and that you're just spending time with people that you appreciate and you support and that who genuinely love, support, and respect you. And, um, I really don't think that, you know, there is, um, 
any time in life to spend uh, with anyone who doesn't love or respect you, you know. Um, so I know that they can all, the holidays can all, all often be like a bizarre time <laughs> for a lot of us. And we end up like, I, I don't know, you know, I just um, kind of had made a strong determination that the holidays are just going to be spent um, with people who want to spend that time with me, who I want to spend that time with. We all want to be there. Um, we all want to enjoy each other's company. We are all supportive. We all respect each other. Um, and, you know, if there's anything that we need to work out, then we respect each other enough to go ahead and do that. And, uh, and it's kind of like leave it at that. I don't really see any point in um, doing anything else. You know what I mean? Uh, and the holidays get like crazy for, for some people. And it's just like, you know, I know so many of us have chosen to just not participate. <laughs> We've got that choice. You know, we really do. Life's just um, far too short. And, you know, my husband and I, it's, it's just us. So we've, um, you know, we've sat down and talked about like what we would like our holidays to look like. Both of his parents are gone. Um, and we'll be seeing my parents after the holidays. Um, uh, but, um, you know, just in terms of kind of creating our own traditions and things like that, we've given that a lot of, you know, a lot of thought. And we ended up going to um, a local church for uh, Christmas Eve. Neither of us is particularly religious, um, so, I mean, I am Buddhist, but I, I don't know if you practice Buddhism, you start to not really feel like it's a religion, <laughs> but, um, anyway, we went to sort of a pro local progressive church, you know, and I think it's just about like having the community and, and the bit of ritual and, and all of that. And it was just a nice thing. And I, I love Christmas carols and, you know, there was a lot of singing and connectedness and all of that. And um, then we went and saw friends, and um, which was which was really nice. Um, and uh, played music and sang and ate and drank and and all of it. And it was just a really lovely time. Um, but I feel like, you know, there is nothing. Um, there's really just no good reason to spend that that really sort of contemplative, loving time. Um, in any way that is, you know, negative. And, um, you know, I'd read a recent post or I, I posted recently on Instagram. Let me find the meme. Cause it's, I felt like it was really a powerful thing. It says holiday reminder. You are not obligated to continue holiday traditions that leave you broke, overwhelmed, or tired. And, you know, I felt like um, that is really just where I'm going to come from as far as the holidays go. You know, I, I don't expect anybody to do anything for me that they're uncomfortable doing that tires them or wears them out or overwhelms them. I don't want to create that for anybody in their life. And, you know, I I should hope that that would be reciprocated. <laughs> so, um, you know, just mutual love and respect. That's that's what um, that's what I um, you know want to create more of. I think if if we're talking New Year's resolutions, that would be something that you know I could stick to. 
And it's not only that, it's just being genuine. And it's just being sort of authentic. It's just, just life is short. Life is too short. We don't even know how short a lot of the time. And so there's really not a lot of time to, um, to be disingenuous with ourselves and with others. You know, I, I think if there is any determination to make, you know, if we haven't been living as authentically as we would like to, then maybe it's just about cultivating more of that in our lives. That's always a valuable thing, I think. Um, it can only, you know, deepen your experience of life and deepen your uh, relationships with other people is to have that authenticity and um, genuineness. So guys, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it with a friend. Um, also, remember to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. It has been almost a year since I've launched this podcast and I've gotten to meet a lot of you listeners and um, a lot of you singers and that has been a beautiful thing and relationships have been forged and real friendships have been made and I always think that is um, just one of the most valuable things that you can be a part of in the world. If this podcast has done anything... Um, some real friendships have been made, which I think is just lovely. It's just really great and it's an exciting thing to see. But, you know, if this has also helped your career, if this has um, inspired you in another way, in a new way, please share it with a friend who you think needs it. All right, guys. Well, it has been lovely. <laughs> it's been great. Um, I hope that um, you have a happy new year. You know, enjoy, be safe and happy and healthy. And um, I love you. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>